0: Hey guys, this is Damien Leone, writer, director of Terrifier 1 and 2, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 269, where tonight we are going to be reviewing The Last of Us, the very hot television show currently streaming over on HBO Max. We are Toddless tonight, unfortunately, so you'll be listening to me, Joe, hosting. But we're here with everyone's favorite person, Steve, still on his vacation. Steve, how is the beautiful weather down
0: where you are? It's great, man. Like, I mean, it's not like super hot or anything, you know, it's like ranging around the 60s, I guess. Uh, but compared to where I'm from, that's fucking amazing. You know, it's it's sunny all the time, which is great. And just hanging by the beach, uh, playing a lot of arcades, going shopping. I'm going to a um, a gangster themed murder mystery night tonight. Uh, so yeah, pretty excited. Um, unfortunately, I do have to come back. You know, the de- I'm leaving the day this episode is posted, and it's another 17 hour drive back to winter, which really sucks. Cause they got a ton of snow apparently yesterday, and there's more coming this weekend. Just never fucking ends. It's it's crazy. We're we're actually apparently in uh in record numbers at this point where I'm from, um, which really sucks because I have a snowplow service and once you go over a certain amount of snow, they charge you per visit. Holy fuck! It's killing me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just have to mention I I don't know think I mentioned it last week, but because I'm not home, I'm uh, doing this from. South Carolina, uh, my sound might not be like as good as usual. So I apologize for that. I will be back home next episode and back to my kind of regular setup. But right now I'm on just like headphones in what looks like basically a closet, so <laughs> a very uncomfortable space. So, but I didn't want to you know miss any episodes and stuff like that. So that's <clears> why <throat> I sound yeah. a, little, a little shitty.
1: That's fine. We're going old school for our longtime listeners. You'll remember that I recorded in a closet for a long <laughs> long period of time because when sam was on the podcast we didn't want to record together so i was relegated to the closet um right until we worked out audio issues and stuff like that i mean those episodes were super super echoey so mm-hmm. I, we sound a lot better now and people can deal with it for a couple of episodes <laughs> right. but you know i was gonna say even though you're coming home from vacation very very soon you'll be uh, down in texas frightmare so that's right
0: only yeah. like what
1: two and a half months left till texas yeah, frightmare so yeah, it's it's coming up. It's coming up really quick. I'm super excited for it. I actually attended a horror convention this week, uh, this week past weekend, Monster Mania. We are going to be doing a full breakdown on that during the watch what watch segment. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, anything else, Steve? Before we get into horror news, no. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Let's start it off right away. I know Steve is going to be very excited to talk about this because just last week the trailer for the Haunted Mansion movie uh, released. Uh, It is going to be starring uh, a great array of people, but most notably, I noticed in the trailer, was Danny DeVito and Mm -hmm. Owen Wilson. I know Jamie Lee Curtis as well, which, shout out while we were in the news segment, (laughs) shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis for winning the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And she actually did acknowledge the horror fans as well in her acceptance speech, which was really, really awesome of her. So uh, massive congratulations to uh, Jamie Lee, but uh, yeah. So Steve, you being the biggest Haunted Mansion fan, I possibly know what were your thoughts on this trailer for the Haunted Mansion?
0: I have mixed feelings about the Haunted Mansion trailer. Now, of course, I hope it's going to be amazing. You know, I'm still going to go see it, of course, because I love the Haunted Mansion. I mean, I have my whole living room decorated as the Haunted Mansion. It's just, I wasn't feeling that trailer. And I think it's because of a few reasons. Number one, it looks to be a big, like, CGI fest. And it kind of reminds me of, was it 1999's The Haunting, which also starred Owen Wilson? Uh, it's giving me that feeling, and I did not like that movie <laughs> at all. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say at all, but it, I didn't like that movie. I thought it was a little too over the top and too crazy. And it, it gave me more The Haunting vibes than the haunted mansion the rides now there are a lot of references to the haunted mansion in the trailer which is really cool i don't know i think it's a wait and see type scenario i'm not more excited about it because of the trailer i'm not necessarily less excited either because i did not expect it to be amazing for some reason i don't know i just had a bad feeling about who wrote it specifically um but still i i can't wait to see it you know what do you think
1: Yeah, I mean, I personally, I mean, I thought it looked fun. Like, my expectations were not high anyway to begin with, just because I feel like Disney obviously is going to play it pretty safe with a a movie like this. It's a very, you know, big protected property, one that they obviously aren't going to delve too much into the actual horror horror origins of it. They're going to try to make it as family-friendly as possible, So, I mean, for what it looked like, I mean, I thought it looked like it it could be a a fun time, you know, sort of like, um, now I didn't like this as much. I know you liked it a lot more, but sort of like the Muppets Haunted Mansion uh, movie. So it kind of looked like, uh, you know, something along that vein. So, you know, we'll see. They didn't even show Jamie Lee in the trailer, you know, as uh, Madame Leona. So, I'll be interested to see how her character is, if that's her. Is that, that's her character, right? Is that, am I right? Leota. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea. (laughs) Close (laughs) close enough. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, you know, it looks fine to me. I'm not like super excited to see it, but I'll, I'll definitely see it. Will it be something I rush out to go see in theaters? Probably not.
0: Yeah. One thing I I was surprised about in the trailer anyway, the, the ghosts look kind of scary um yeah I mean obviously I'm you know it doesn't scare me but I they were more like horror than I would have expected I thought the ghosts would look maybe a little goofier or a little more PG but they were kind of scary and I, I like that direction because I mean it's still a, a, a ghost mansion you know like you think about it right so, uh we'll we'll see how that actually turns out
1: Yeah. Was it just me too? And I I wasn't really getting like the Haunted Mansion vibes too, like in the actual mansion, like not like the ride anyway. Like I think it would have been cool if they kind of made it look
0: more sort of like the ride. That's one of the issues. And that goes back. It feels more like just a Haunted Mansion as opposed to Mm -hmm. the Haunted Mansion. Now I rewatched the trailer. I'm not kidding. I probably watched the trailer 10 times at this point, just trying to like pinpoint things. And there are a lot of like subtle nods to the Haunted Mansion itself. Um, But yeah, I get that kind of just generic haunted mansion feel inside as well but who knows there's a lot of elements they didn't show a lot of they didn't show the hatbox box goes too much they didn't show you know madame leota so there may be elements of the ride that they're kind of trying to keep uh you know under wraps and stuff i mean fucking hatbox box goes played by goddamn jared leto so that's that's a whole other issue of itself but um i will see you know i'll definitely go see it I
1: actually had no idea Jared was yeah, going to be in that movie. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bringing the whole cult with them, maybe. I don't know. Yes, maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the next bit of news. Here is uh, a little update on the I know what you did last summer uh, requel, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, it was reported on last time that Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prinze Jr. were going to be reprising their roles. Well. Pump the brakes, ladies and gentlemen, because Freddie Prince Jr. came out in an interview um, recently uh, on 2Fab, uh, uh, is the one that re- uh, interviewed Freddie Prince about this. But Freddie Prince said, he's been offered nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the act, he And he went on to clarify, he said... Uh, They just said that to get people excited. I haven't spoken to anyone at their company. My agents haven't received an offer from them whatsoever. I had a conversation with the director a few days after they announced that just to be like, yo, what the hell? What are they saying? Why are they saying I'm going to be in a movie that I'm probably not going to be in? Uh, And she said, let me just pitch you the idea. So she's spoken to me about the idea, but I haven't said yes. I haven't received an offer. So... Why would – this kind of blows my mind. You know, Frey Prince, I'm sorry, before we get into it, he also went on to say, I have no reason to lie to anyone. I have no skin in the game. I'm only going to do things that I like and work with people that I like, and there's not going to be any wiggle room this time around. I messed, up, I messed up the first time around. This time, I just want to do stuff I'm passionate about. So, yeah, I haven't even read a script yet. So this kind of, like, blows my mind. Like, why would they – like why would the studio go out and be like hey we're making this movie with jennifer love hewitt and Prince jr coming back and telling Freddie prince hey like hype this movie up and then nothing like he, he this might not even happen it sounds like <laughs> now or at least not with with freddy Freddie prince jr on board
0: yeah is that their strategy though to see to gauge interest like the studio is like before we put money into this let's see what people would react to this news before they actually you know go out and do it but it's weird you'd think that at least talk to him first and you know, pay him a little bit of money and be like, okay, we're going to say this, you know, whether or not it comes to fruition, we don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, it's a stupid strategy. I, I don't like that at all. Uh, maybe we won't see this <sighs> franchise be you know, recalled or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, it's like super bizarre and, I mean, maybe they have gotten Jennifer Love Hewitt on board, and they're like, well, if Jennifer Love Hewitt's on board, Freddie <laughs> Prince will probably come on board or something, and right. we'll talk to him down the road. I don't know. We'll see, and we'll definitely keep you updated with everything to do with that. All, uh, next bit of news here, The Exorcist. I know some of us are excited for it. Some of us are scared for it. Uh, we'll see. But uh, the the first movie has officially wrapped... On filming, so now we head into post production. Uh, the movie is slated to be released October 13th of this year. Theatrically, Leslie Odom Jr. will be starring, as well as Ellen Burst Bernstein, who will be uh reprising her role uh, as Chris McNeil, of course, the mother of Reagan. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, ra- filming has wrapped on that, so it's it's coming. I'm, the weather I'm nervous, hot, right? <laughs> like it's
0: <laughs> right. Goddamn David Gordon Green is just it's not a good track record at this point. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess our expectations are as low as they can get. So they can already go up. Right. I hope. But Mm -hmm. we'll see.
1: Yeah. Uh, Here's another bit of news here. I was uh, another one. I was a bit surprised about is that uh, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving is officially greenlit. We're going to be getting it. And thing uh, this that surprised me is they're putting this into theaters Uh, I thought for sure this was going to get a sort of straight to streaming release, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, the studio is backing it, is going to be getting a theater release. Now, will this be like a special event type thing where they only release it for a few days, or is it going to be a a full, widespread out release? I think if they release it around Thanksgiving time, it, it could do probably well where they could do a full theater release, but We'll see, but I think it's great that this is uh, at least getting some sort of thing to release.
0: Yeah, this seems to be the new trend for horror movies where they release it for like one day and then if it does well, they release it a little bit more and kind of staggered release as opposed to these big studio, you know, blasts of releasing it everywhere right away. So who knows? You know, I don't know if Eli Roth's name holds as much weight as it used to, at least not for mainstream Hollywood. So I would assume it's a limited release, but uh, it's, that'd be cool if they do release it some big capacity in theaters
1: mm-hmm. awesome all right well just a couple more uh bits of news to get through here um hey friend of the show damien maffay will he be returning for haunt 2 as it has just been announced that haunt 2 is in the works um and woods of course who directed and wrote the original they also wrote um a quiet place I don't know if they wrote the sequel or not, but um, they said, we can confirm that conversations for a Haunt sequel are officially underway, and that's all we got for you. <laughs> it's it's go- It sounds like it's going to happen. Where is this going to go now? Um, I think a prequel would probably be maybe the coolest way to go, because, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, they all die pretty yeah, much right. uh in in that last movie i mean i think one maybe or two of them might have survived so maybe they can kind of go on to the sequel but i mean i would like to see them all back and kind of see how they kind of got into this the whole thing with the body dysmorphia and how they all met up and stuff so yeah we'll see what, what do you think steve would you rather see a, a prequel
0: well, or a sequel i mean i want to see damien back so that would have right. to be a prequel <laughs> unless it's his evil twin brother or something you know? yeah uh yeah no i'd definitely ra- rather see a prequel i think in this particular case even though i don't usually like looking back i prefer like stories moving forward in this particular case i'd like to know more about uh, the people in the masks i think it'd be really cool mm-hmm.
1: yeah definitely so we'll keep you up to date on that maybe i'll try to pry a little information out of damien uh, and give us get us an exclusive all right uh, <laughs> uh, all right and then to wrap it up um congratulations to scream six which we were going to do this week but todd wasn't able to make the show so we are going to be coming covering scream six uh on next week's show but congratulations to scream six they set um a box office record for the franchise pulling in 44 and a half million dollars on opening weekend so shout out to scream six the franchise is as hot as ever we're gonna be getting a seven. We'll be we be getting an eight, nine, and ten. I'm sure we will down the road. But I think I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be just like a trilogy for this Radio Silence crew. This mm-hmm. that's kind of the hot thing on the streets right now. These horror trilogies. <laughs> but um, we'll see about that. And then finally, the very final piece of news here is uh, in remembrance to the original. Rest in peace to the original uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, uh Man. Rico Browning passed away uh, last week. He was uh, 93 years young, so uh, you know, just an absolute legend. He played—he uh, was the last living Universal monster. He played the Gill Man in uh, all of the underwater scenes uh, for that original Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I actually had the chance to meet him five or six years ago, and he was awesome. Uh, yeah, I was glad to to get uh, some things signed by him. So. Yeah, rest in peace, Rico.
0: Yeah, I never got the chance, unfortunately, but I did get his autograph through consignment. So I'm glad I could at least get something Universal Monsters on my wall because everything else is like crazy. Um, yeah, sad, sad, but lived a f- life, nice full life. Apparently, he was super nice ever, from every account I've heard. So yeah, rest in peace for sure. Yeah. And
1: that is going to be it for Horror News this week. Thank you, and once again, you can always send in your Har news, uh, email us, or the Discord. We have a Har news channel over there, so if you ever wanna hear a bit of news that you'd like me to talk about, send it. Thank you.
0: All right, and on that, that bummer news, uh, let's throw it to our sponsor, uh, Deadly Grounds <laughs> Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good
1: coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly grounds coffee. Coffee to die for, and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Alright, well watched- Alrighty. Yeah, alrighty. What watched. Um, I'm going to be doing a full breakdown of Monster Mania, but um, Steve, why don't you uh, you want to go over at least one of your movies or both of your movies or whatever,
0: you, however you uh, want to do this? I think I'll do both because okay. you know I, I can't outshine what you're going to talk about with my, <laughs> uh, with my other one. So I'll just do my two movies back to back. So my first one was uh, a recommendation that I saw over on Twitter from someone called Jeff Whitmire One. And if you guys don't know who that is, He's actually like almost the weird owl of horror. Uh, He takes like well-known songs and does horror parodies of them. And he's actually really, really good. Uh, Check him out on YouTube. It's Jeff Whitmire 47 on YouTube and Jeff Whitmire one on Twitter. Really cool guy. And he had been talking about this movie a lot. It's one I didn't get to see last year for the year-end show. So I finally got to it. So a 2022 film that I watched over on Tubi, but only in the US. They don't have it in Canada. So, which is why I kind of watched it here. And it's called Feed Me. So this is the story of a, a couple and the girl, uh, unfortunately, like kills herself. I think it was through um, anorexia or like some kind of eating disorder. And the boyfriend's like really like sad about it. And he's struggling. He goes to a bar and he talks about you know, wanting to kill himself. And this kind of slimy looking dude kind of like a used car salesman over here is what he's talking about and he gives him a card and he tries to pitch him the idea that he will help him with his suicide like assisted suicide but the best and most noble way to die that way is to be eaten by someone else for like their essence and you know he's a basically a car salesman so he's like sells him that it's the best ways for him to consume him <laughs> and he agrees to it he signs a contract and this guy, you know, brings him to, over to his house. They, they start a little bit of a rapport. And the story is about this guy slowly eating the other guy. You know, he first takes a finger and then he takes other body parts. And, you know, eventually other stuff starts happening. Uh, the further he gets into this process, uh, he starts meeting like a girl and he's interested in her. So that's kind of a complication in his life. The guy's starting to regret his choice as he's losing body parts. So that's also complicated the whole thing. And cops are onto him. So there's this whole mishmash of things going on. And he's trying to kind of complete his mission of fulfilling eating this guy. And it's a really interesting story. I won't say too much more than that because I think it's one that people should watch. I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was a really cool film, really interesting. But the best thing about this film is 100% Neil Ward, who plays the kind of slimy uh, salesman guy. If I had watched this last year, it might have made my top 10, like maybe in the bottom 10. But he would have definitely been my best actor of the year uh, for males. Absolutely fantastic performance. The way he plays, creepy, yet like sad, yet you feel bad for him, but then you're like creeped by him again. And it's just like, he plays all these roles with such subtle emotions and the way that he says things. And he's also very convincing, like the way that he sells his services and kind of, you know, tries to get away from the police by being, you know, swarming with them and his girlfriend. It's just, it's crazy. It's definitely one people should check out. So that is feed me over on Tubi. And the other one that I watched, uh, I watched a lot, but these are the two I want to talk about, is from 2016. And I watched this over on Netflix. It's called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. So this is the story of a uh, woman who goes to a house with an elderly uh, lady, and she becomes essentially her caretaker. And it kind of follows her uh, living in this house with the elderly woman, taking care of her for months at a time. And all of a sudden, she starts noticing creepy things happening in the house. And it's basically like a haunted story of her being haunted by this ghost and trying to figure out kind of what's going on, the mystery as to what the ghost is about. And uh, that's basically the main story. Like, there's not too much to it. There aren't a ton of characters. It's really just her, the old lady. And the, occasionally, people come to the house. Like, at one point, the pipes are leaking and someone comes to look at them and, like, stuff like that. Uh, it's a pretty creepy film. The the ghosts are really well done. It's a very much of a slow burn, uh, but there's also a long periods of time where there's nothing happening. It's just her kind of living in this house, and that can get a little boring at times. And unfortunately, I I wasn't like super happy with the end. I thought it could have had a better ending. But still, I thought it was an okay film. Uh, Not something I would want to watch again or anything. And not something I'd go out of my way to recommend. But I'm happy I saw it. So that's I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House over on Netflix. Oh, and I give uh, Feed Me a four out of five stars. And the other one a two out of five stars. All right. Awesome.
1: Thank you, Steve, for that. And now for me, I didn't watch anything this week because I was super busy prepping for monster mania weekend uh which i attended over this past weekend uh monster mania is one of my all-time favorite horror conventions it's right up there um with texas frightmare for me um maybe a little more smaller scale like uh, guest wise because you know texas frightmare has like 50 to 60 plus guests uh monster mania usually gets between 20 to 30 but they always have a really good guest list and uh it's really well done uh, so yeah, it's about, it was about a five hour trek. It's not too bad of a ride. Um, luckily the weather was good. Got there, got in early, which was nice. Was able to nap. And then the madness ensued. Um, Friday started off with um, almost a heart attack, man. Cause I like was on my phone scrolling and I saw like Undertaker thing pop up and I was like, oh no, he's going to fucking, he canceled, didn't he? But luckily, his flight was just delayed. Um, He wasn't gonna show up till eight. He was supposed to be there six to ten. He didn't show up until uh, eight, and they were like, "Don't worry, like he's gonna do, like get, you know, we're not not one person is gonna miss out. He'll stay there as late as it takes um, to get it done." So that was like a a a big relief. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I started off uh, with dressing as uh art the clown i did my terrifier cosplay which like was without a doubt the most popular costume i did uh the entire weekend like people i couldn't move uh, like a couple feet without someone grabbing me for a picture so that was really fun uh and i met the whole cast um in my costume uh i got steve all his autograph i got a a terrifier two-piece for steve sign and i also got some autographs as well. Um, but yeah, so they had, uh, David Howard Thornton was there, of course, Art Clown himself, Damien Leone, uh, Elliot Fullman, who played Jonathan in Terrifier 2, and then, um, the little pale girl, I can't remember her name right now, she was there as well, and then, uh, Leah Vossi, I believe her name is, who is the clown cafe singer. Uh, so yeah, they all were set up in one room. Uh, david howard uh it was close between david howard and uh little pale girl they both had um really really long lines not like extremely long i mean i think saturday and saturday they definitely had longer lines i didn't even step foot in that room on saturday but um yeah i mean it wasn't like crazy wait. but you know i probably waited about 30 minutes for each one of them but the other three weren't weren't as bad but you know they all loved the costume i didn't get photos with all of them because i didn't want to do the combos uh shout out Elliot Fullman. He was the only one that th- did a uh, free photo with his picture, but all the other ones were sixty each, I believe. So everyone was right around that sixty uh, range. So anyone going to Texas free mayor expect to pay about, you know, sixty for each uh, each group. And yeah, um, so that was pretty much that. And then, Right around 10 o'clock, so I walked around, I did the autographs, and then right around 10 o'clock, I had my photo op with The Undertaker. So around 9 o'clock, I went upstairs, I got my Paul Bearer uh, outfit. I dressed as Paul Bearer uh, for my photo op with Undertaker. There, The Undertaker was shit was fucking wild, man. There were so many. But he was the big draw. There were so many people there for him. Luckily, I uh, was able to get right in on the photo op. Uh, I didn't wait extremely long, uh, for that. Uh, but you know, Undertaker was fucking massive dude is, he's got to be what, close to seven feet. Uh, you know, I went up to his, maybe his, his chest. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody was super pumped for him. Wrestling fans are definitely a different breed than horror fans. There seem to be way more passionate, a lot more costumes and just people fucking spending thousands and thousands of dollars like i saw people getting so much stuff signed by him um but he was cool like he, he really you know he he's a quiet man but uh he acknowledged my paul bearer outfit he was just like nice and then he like you know we did our photo and then yeah i got right in the line i gotta say uh fitterman sports who is the company that brought in the undertaker they are a well-oiled machine uh they know what the fuck they're doing uh the line moved to like really fast. I mean, I was probably in and out two hours total for both the photo op and the autograph, which I thought I was going to be there until two. I I was one of the last people to get his autograph and it was done by midnight. So literally like eight to midnight, he was done everything, photo ops, autographs, like the amount of people. So shout out to them. Like uh, if you ever see like Friedman sports doing an event, I would say you're in good hands and you're not going to be waiting there all day to meet people. Uh, So yeah, that was day one. Um, I met Ryan um from the podcast who didn't even know he met me uh you know he i was in my art the clown costume and he took a picture with me and uh i was like ryan but he must not have heard me and uh yeah so shout out to him i didn't see him the rest of the weekend i mean it conventions are so fucking hectic and wild that it's just hard to meet up with people because you get so much going on but uh yeah so that was pretty much day one Steve any questions before I do my day two oh breakdown so
0: many <laughs> <laughs> uh first I want to know like what so you went to terrify your costumes and everything which one do you think yeah. reacted the most to your art to clown Ooh,
1: um David Howard for sure like was really excited about yeah. it um he and then like his hand uh I think his agent or whatever was there and yeah. they were taking a bunch of pictures of my cosplay and stuff and then, um, yeah, so he was, he, I would say he was definitely the most uh, Damien Leone, probably second. He was really, uh, really digging it. And he took like a picture of of me in the costume and stuff like that, which man, Damien, Damien had no line. I walked up to the dude. Uh, he, and I'm just like, wow, it's like wild to think about because the dude like created everything, like the whole universe. Yeah. And it, I was like, it must be tough to just sit there and like no, you're without a line. And you see fucking like, everyone else (laughs) yeah right everyone else has everyone else has like these huge lines and you're like what the fuck man like i created (laughs) this shit like without me none of this would exist but he he definitely i think got some more love uh later in the night and on saturday um plus you know he was in like the photo op which i'll get into on saturday uh, at the clown photo op but uh yeah, I mean, I everyone definitely reacted to it. Um, Elliot was like, I would interact with you. He's like, I would ask you questions. He's like, but I know you're probably staying in character. Uh, okay. You know, it's like silent. I only broke my character for Little Pale Girl. Uh, I was like, hey, I was like, I just want you to know, I think you were probably the best part of uh, Terrifier 2. I was like, I loved your character. And she's like, oh my God, thanks so much. She was, you know, sweet. I mean, it's, it's like weird, like meeting children, right, child yeah. actors. You, know, you, don't, <laughs> you really don't know like what to say or do. She's a little older. She's 15 now um they, they filmed she's, a
0: while back they filmed it, it f- they filmed it for too, right? yeah. yeah
1: they filmed it four years ago um so she, she's a little older now but i gotta say man like uh, to kind of go a little more off i didn't end up meeting megan um megan was there of course uh right. the, the actress who played megan but she's like such like a lit, tiny little girl but holy shit man her line was fucking huge <laughs> all weekend that's what one of the reasons i did meet her is because i was like man like her line was hour plus uh friday and saturday um i did see her photo op though it was her in costume and that looked actually
0: really cool i kind of wish i did it after seeing <laughs> it but uh, whatever cool and uh my other question of course the undertaker you know that's that's actually the first like real celebrity i've met in person um i mean i met like a bunch of hockey players and stuff because you know like that's just the way it is in canada like those right. are celebrities <laughs> to us. but outside of hockey players yeah the undertaker is the first celebrity i met and man I, I was i was like 14 so he was fucking massive right and yeah he's an intimidating looking dude um he is did he, like react the same way when you got the autograph or was he just like a signing machine at that point
1: Um, he was definitely more like well, or like they were trying to just bang it out, you know. Um, but little bonus, um, they fucked up. Uh, they gave me a uh, photo at the table as well which i didn't pay for okay. so i got a photo at the table with him as well nice. um so 200 value right there for free uh-huh. uh, which I, did, I didn't really need it but i did i took it anyway because like fuck it they, they gave it to me All right so uh he was cool like i got him to sign my urn which looked came out looking fucking really cool because he signed it in the purple uh nice. paint pen so it was really cool looking um and then like i'm not gonna lie i was like pretty like feeling pretty well uh you know pretty drunk at that point because like i was already drinking all day and then like i had a drink uh, a couple pre-made drinks i I, like you know filled up like a two liter or not two liter a 20 ounce soda like half with rum so i was like drinking it while i was waiting in line (laughs) so by the time i got to him for him to sign the autograph i like tried talking to him but i was like pretty messed up at that point right uh so i was just like uh i was just like I was like, yeah. I was like, man. I was like, your first match. I was like, my first match I ever went to was you know, WrestleMania. It was you versus Kane. He's like, oh yeah, that was a really good one. And that was that was it. That was my yeah. conversation with oh, him. Yeah. And then we and then we and then we took a picture. And that was it. I don't know. But it was cool. I I'm, I really uh, don't regret meeting him and getting the autograph. I mean, it was expensive, but I, I definitely don't regret it. And the fucking urn came out looking awesome. So it'll look great displayed that's awesome. All right, let's
0: go. Day two.
1: All right. Day two, day two. I'll try to get through this quick. Uh, all right. So day two started off, um, with me wanting to get bang out just my autographs so I can just enjoy the rest of the day. Like I said, the guest list wasn't like, uh, amazing for me personally this time around. So like I got the terrifier autographs done with on Friday, Saturday, I wanted to get uh, Rebecca Gayhart who, um, I want, I ended up finding an urban legend figure on eBay. So I had her sign that and she was only there Saturday, Sunday only. I planned on leaving early Sunday, so I wasn't going to get her on Sunday. So, um, you know, her line wasn't terrible, but I ended up waiting probably close to like 45 minutes to an hour because there was one dude in front of me who had to have gotten about like 100 things signed. Like he must have been obviously like a consigner. Or something like that. And it was just so fucking brutal, man. Just like sitting there waiting, like while one person is taking up all this time. Um, People were so fucking mad, like in front of me, too. It was funny. Like people were just so pissed off. But um, I mean, she was a sweetheart. She was like super nice. I wanted to talk to her so bad about Santa's sleigh, but they were trying, they were keeping the line after that guy fucked the line up, like, and it backed it up so much. um, They like wanted to keep the line moving as fast as possible. So it was like a super quick interaction with her but she was her most her biggest concern was making sure the autograph looked nice on uh the urban legend figure which you know uh she signed it in black which i don't love i i kind of wish i like i i it's so awkward i never want to be like uh can you like do like a different marker like something you know i I don't want to be like i don't want to be that guy but uh, you know it looks fine but it's a little dark it's like a dark thing on a dark surface so it's you know i wish she did a little better but yeah whatever she was but she was super sweet super nice um but wish i talked to anna slay with her unfortunately i didn't get to uh and,
0: it is, yeah. yeah
1: yeah and then i got uh quinn lord he's the only other autograph i ended up getting zero line walked right up to him He, had, which i was kind of surprised about right like because sam is such like an icon i feel like at this point um but i man everyone was there for the sons of anarchy people like charlie Hunnam, fucking like you know, he had a line. I like woke up at like seven in the morning or uh, on Saturday and I looked outside and he already had like a line, you know, like outside. Uh, so yeah, everyone was there for them. So I think that kind of helped the lines out. I planned on meeting Rose McGowan. Oh, by the way, I talked to Quinn Lord about uh, the trick or treat sequel. He's like, it's a hundred percent happening. He's Not like, really. but he's like there. Yeah. He's like, it's a hundred percent happening. I was like, are you going to be involved? And he's like, uh, he's like, I don't know yet. He's like, I, you know, I haven't been approached about it. He's like, They've—he's like—they're—they've barely written anything yet. He's like, I've only seen a couple storyboards, so he's like, it's probably going to be a little bit, but he's like, it's a hundred percent happening. They're already kind of developing it, so there's a little update as far as that goes. Uh, and I've already met him before, but he's, you know, super nice kid. Uh, and then, yeah, what did I do after that? Then I got into my Freddy cosplay, uh, which, you know, looked good. I was really happy with how it turned out. I did Chest of Souls Freddy um you can see all these pictures on my social medias if you want uh joe's house of Horror. uh you, and it came yeah i was really happy with that um bummer the, ma- the mask on the malt ripped a little bit though so i'm gonna have to get that repaired uh so if anyone knows a good mask repair let me know <laughs> uh but then i went to the q a with brooke smith who of course was the girl in the well uh for silence of the lambs and she was super she might have been my favorite q and i went to she was like super funny super engaging just like extremely nice i asked her a couple of questions i asked her about how it was to work with precious um the dog whose dog was real name was darla um, in real life and she said you know was a super sweet dog didn't give her any issues whatsoever uh and then i asked her if she got to keep anything on uh the filming and she did but she she said uh she super regrets doing this after finding out later what you know was to come but uh she said about five to seven years ago she gifted the bottle the lotion bottle she had in the well with her to marilyn manson uh, as a birthday present (laughs) so yes so she's like she's like i'm probably in trouble for saying this now but she's like She's like, we've already, we like hatched out plants. I mean, my friends patch hatched out plants to like break into his house and steal it back and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, I'm like, Oh man, why would you even, why would you even gift that to anyone? I don't care how good of friends you are with them. She also said that Michelle Pfeiffer was the reason she got the role that Michelle Pfeiffer was actually um, originally cast. And then she decided she didn't want it and then it, it ended up going to her. So yeah, she was super cool, super nice. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I ended the night uh, costume contest, I dressed as the Creeper, uh, which uh, I was pretty happy with how that one came out, too. Um, He was definitely the second most popular. Interestingly enough, Freddy the least popular, but I get it. Like, been there, done that. He's a a very, like, well, you know, been there, done that character right now, man. But holy fuck, man. Art the Clown is, like, the, the fucking Terrifier popularity just blows my mind like i know it's pot. like i know like it he really is the new he i i think he needs to be he definitely should be crowned the new horror icon because he's man his fucking the amount of terrifier shit i saw was wild and just the people just loving on terrifier all weekend um i also got yeah i got a photo op with art uh in the in the full you know get up and he looked fucking awesome it was really cool to see it uh in the flesh uh, I didn't win the costume contest, unfortunately. It went to the Terminator, uh, and he did look awesome. I mean, I'll give him that. He looked really, really cool. So, but I had a lot of people come up to me and say, I got robbed. So just want to say that. just want to throw that out there. Uh, and then there was a couple of Q Q&A, and uh, and A's I attended, um, Terrifier two panel, which was by far the most crowded panel of the entire weekend, obviously. Uh, honestly, a kind of a dick sucking contest. I, I gotta say they, um not on everyone but the uh uncle creepy steve barton who uh produced it with dread central he moderated the panel and then uh phil falcone who produced the movie was up there too and like they kind of like took over the panel and i was like i don't want to hear like how about how the movie got distributed and produced like i want to hear from the actors and their experiences and it was just kind of the two of them stroking their ego for half the the uh the panel, so I was like, eh. I was like, you know, this wasn't the it wasn't the best panel. I've sat through better panels. Uh, and then they uh, the Friday the Thirteenth final girls panel with uh, the final girls from part one, two, four, and five. Bit of a snooze fest. I'm not gonna lie on that one. But the most interesting thing um, was a bit of an update on the A24 series that is going to be coming Friday the Thirteenth. Adrian King is going to be in that one from Part One. Uh, she's going to kind of be involved some way somehow. But she talked about that and she said, um, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But she said uh, it was refreshing to sit. She, for the first time ever, was asked to sit uh, in at a writer's meeting um, with the guys from A24, and she's like, these are legitimate fanboys, like for the Friday Thirteenth, you know, franchise. She said usually it's studios that don't give a shit. That just care about the money and the bomb dollar. She's like, the franchise is going to be in really good hands um, with these writers. She's like, they're legit Friday the 13th fans. And we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I think, a whole breakdown of the weekend. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Horror cons are always amazing. So
0: yeah. Yeah, it makes me really excited for Texas Frightmare. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a great time. Um, yeah, a lot of guests. Like, it's really stacked already. I'm assuming they're still going to announce a few more. Probably before, yeah, um, and, and then the cancellations will start happening, and then the replacements of right. the cancellations. Yeah, we, we all know the rigmarole of uh, of that, mm. but and yeah, it's too bad that you couldn't have seen Ryan again, you know? But I guess yeah, the cons are so friggin' crazy. Uh, but yeah. if you are going to Texas, let us know. We will be organizing like little meetups and stuff to make sure that we can kind of you know sit down with everyone and chat with everyone. I know we're starting to talk about a lunch on the Friday. At one of the like popular texas barbecue places and stuff like that yeah so definitely reach out to us and uh we'll meet up at some point during the weekend for sure uh yeah sound like a great weekend uh, joe blast a blast be, uh, a bl- fucking exhausted <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was very exhausted I, I think I'm i'm finally i'm kind of caught up now i you know i caught up on my sleep yesterday and we left we didn't even stay for the con at all on sunday we woke up around like eight or nine and just took right off you know because you just, you just want to get home at that point and i had to work <laughs> sunday night so so it was, or, yeah so it was brutal um but yeah i mean worth it always a blast a great con i highly recommend it if you can ever get out to a monster mania to do it especially you steve it's not that far for you right. like i don't think like so maybe we can uh i mean i think i we'll see i mean i Sam and I are hoping to go for this August, but
0: we'll see. I, I know you're kind of busy, but yeah. you
1: know. yeah, and, uh, <laughs> already, already spending a lot hard. of money this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No kidding. Um, yeah. So thanks for that breakdown. That was really, really cool. And, yeah. uh, I think it's time to get to a little, you know, feature here of the last of us. Um, we don't do a lot of TV shows, but once in a while we do them when we really like, you know, it's something really special. And I think this one counts, in that category. So the last of us based off a video game from naughty dog, which was released in like, I'd say 2014, I don't have it in front of me, but based on memory, it's a PlayStation game. And honestly, uh, one of my favorite games ever, uh, the first last of us, just a fantastic game. So, you know, when the series was announced, I was kind of reluctant about how it would go because the game is already so good. Like how are you going to replicate that on screen? And let's face it for video game fans, uh, not the best track record with video game adaptations uh, and horror, especially the Resident Evil films. You know, although they had their own merits, didn't feel like Resident Evil. Silent Hill was okay. House of the Dead was fucking shit. You know, like it just hasn't been a great track record. But went in with you know an open mind, and this is what we got. So we're gonna do a episode by episode breakdown. There are only nine episodes. Uh, we're just gonna talk about them like pretty quickly. I think uh, something that I liked about The Last of Us, I wasn't really prepared for this because we were going to do Scream. So we kind of decided this kind of last minute. But the episodes are really unique. Like each of them have really their own feel, which is different from a lot of other shows. So it made it kind of easy for this particular segment. So we go to episode one, When You're Lost in the Darkness. So this is, of course, the introduction to uh, Joel and his daughter, Sarah. And as they're getting away As the apocalypse is starting to happen, uh, everything kind of leading up to when, uh, and spoiler alert, I should say, for this whole episode, you trying to watch The Last of Us uh, stop now and come back later, uh, up until when his daughter, unfortunately, is killed. And then the story takes place some years later, uh, 20 20 years, I believe, where uh, Joel and Tess are tasked with a mission to take Ellie, which is a little girl who lives in the QZ, the quarantine zone, who seems to have immunity to the virus. So that's where our first episode leads off as, uh, you know, the first half is about Joel kind of trying to escape uh, with his daughter. And the second half is 20 years later as he's in the quarantine zone and given this mission to bring Ellie to um, the Fireflies. So what'd you think of the first episode? Uh,
1: Excellent Excellent start. Um, I really loved the whole intro with, you know, kind of them showing how this kind of all got started. It was, you know, action packed, fast paced, um, but also was really great in the beginning to build that uh, relationship with Joel and his daughter um, who I thought was great. And I was really bummed when she got killed and like, I thought we were going to like follow her uh, like have her character for a lot longer so it was like really shocking to me I, I never played the video game so i really had not i you know i'm going in completely fresh so i had yeah no clue and I, it was heartbreaking you know to see the daughter uh get killed um i really liked the look of the clickers um they're very cool looking creepy like you know for sure uh, i love like the fucking funguses like growing off their heads and shit like that really cool Um, the second half also very good like you know it's kind of setting up the rest of the story so yeah excellent start and it it pulled me in pretty much right away and made me excited for the rest of the series
0: yeah so that's going to be interesting about our review because you've never played the games and i did play the game so it's two very different perspectives one from someone who knew the story and one from someone who didn't so of course uh the you know sarah's death does happen in the video game so i knew this was coming uh but it didn't really lessen the impact all that well and i will say that holy shit, man, they did a good job replicating that entire sequence. I mean, it's not obviously shot for shot, but it's, it's pretty damn close. Like, all the major beats from that sequence were there. And that kind of gave me hope for the show, because one of my big complaints is often they go into their own direction to the point where it doesn't feel like the video game it's based off anymore. And that was not the case here. It felt like the video game. And right away, you know, Joel uh, with Pedro Pascal was amazing, fucking everything. Uh he's so good, like he was great as Joel. And then in the second half we get Ellie. Uh now Ellie, I gotta say, wasn't super sold on her uh in the first episode. You know, I was kind of like on the fence, like, I don't know, this doesn't feel like the Ellie from the video games. Now that changes dramatically as of episode two, but in the first episode, I was kind of on the fence. Uh, but I was interested to see where it would go from there, of course, knowing the whole story, but curious how they were going to introduce like the different elements. Uh, the first episode doesn't have much of the like horror aspect, so the clickers are actually only in episode two. Um, but it it was a cool introduction to this world, and I thought very well done for people who had like you who had never seen kind of this story play out. Uh, which brings us to episode two called Infected. So this one, after escaping the quarantine zone, Joel and Tess clash over Ellie's fate while navigating the ruins of a long abandoned Boston. So this is one the, I'm curious about your take on because A, of course, this is where they introduce a lot of the horror elements with uh, the clickers being uh, a big kind of part of it. And also it takes place like, in Boston, you know, uh, they move around a lot in this show, but in this one's in Boston. So what are your thoughts on this episode?
1: Well, my first initial reaction was, well, that's not Boston. Clearly, like, it looks nothing like Boston. Which like, is funny, because my first
0: reaction was, like, well, that's obviously Calgary. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Exactly <laughs> it is what it is,
1: Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. It is what it is. Like, you know, they tried to put, like, elements of Boston in there. Like, they did actually, like, have, like, some of the real street names, obviously. And they do, at one point, show the... Uh, know like the city hall uh building which you know like it would be impossible to get that shot like when they're walking like it's you know you you, stuff stupid stuff you would you wouldn't notice unless you're from the area um but yeah i mean once again i thought this was like a really solid episode i wasn't loving like the whole um sort of like boston area you know like I, i don't know just like i wasn't feeling them like living in there i'm glad they moved away from it really quick, honestly, because I was just like, oh, this is like, sort of like gonna be like, uh, like The Walking Dead, like it's just gonna be like they're gonna be stuck in this fucking city for like ever and stuff." Um, but I was pleasantly surprised when the fucking clickers come in at the end and just fucking go fucking crazy. Um, loved that scene. Was this is the episode where Joel's girlfriend dies? Correct? Yeah. Or for yes. Sure. Uh-huh. So yeah, which uh, once again was not expecting uh, that to happen uh so fast it was you know heartbreaking to once see again see Joel just fucking dealing with so much heartbreak within the first couple episodes the poor bastard um you know really just can't catch a break but uh really impactful uh and once again a, a another really good episode are we are we rating episode by episode or are we gonna just do no, like we'll a thing a at the end scene okay scene. okay at the very end Okay, Maybe we'll talk cool.
0: about like favorite episodes stuff like that but okay uh,
1: yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think this was a, a good episode. I definitely liked the first episode better, but uh, you know, the end sequence was definitely amazing and you know, once again just pulled me. Maybe you know, the I guess first part of this episode wasn't completely pulling me, but then that second episode second half of the episode just like pulled me right back and was like, Oh fuck, yeah, like let's see where this
0: goes. Yeah, see, it's funny. Um, so how do you play the video game? There, are th- When I think of The Last of Us, I think of three moments, and one of those three moments are in this in this episode, and I'll talk about the other two later, and that's uh, everything that happens within, like, the museum uh, inside, you know, it's all, like, overgrown, and that's where you're introduced to the clickers, and in the game, you're very fucking ill-equipped to deal with those stupid clickers, you have to you basically use rocks to push them, like, to make them go away, you know, stuff like that, and get past them, so seeing the clickers realize they were perfect, like perfect. That's exactly the way they look like and sound like and feel like in the video games. And I really, really like like unlike zombies, which you could kind of dispatch pretty quickly. You know, it's in numbers that zombies are dangerous, whereas clickers, they can be dangerous on their own. You know, they're not as easy to dispatch. They're not as easy to kill. And you get that feeling in this episode. And something I really liked about this episode, and I was talking about not loving the Ellie performance in the first episode this is where you really get to know Ellie more and see her personality. And this is where I fell in love with Bella Ramsey. I think that's her name, uh, the actress who plays her. And I'm like, okay, now I'm sold on her playing Ellie. You know, I I just needed more time to kind of grow her character. And I like that Joel like doesn't want to get close to her, especially at this point of the series, because he's already lost his daughter. He doesn't want to deal with another little girl that he has to take care of and potentially lose her too. And you can kind of feel that. And the animosity that they have in this episode is interesting, you know, and especially me knowing where it was going to go. Eventually, it was nice to see like a slow developing relationship that really kind of started in this episode. And I love this episode. This is like one of my favorite episodes, not my favorite, but one of my favorite episodes. It was, it was really, really cool. All right. Episode three. This is an interesting one. It's called Long, Long Time. Uh, when an unknown person approaches his compound, survivalist Bill forges an unlikely connection. Later, Joel and Ellie seek Bill's guidance. So this one is basically a kind of side story because you don't actually get much of uh, Joel and Ellie in this one. Uh, it takes place in the past throughout the pandemic, not the pandemic, but the kind of you know uh, outbreak so the, whole, the whole time where Bill is this kind of lonely farmer. He's got this whole like compound to himself. And this guy comes in and eventually, you know, uh, they become friends and then more than friends. And it kind of goes from when they meet up until uh, their passing. And then later, Joel and Ellie discovering that they had passed and kind of using their supplies to move forward on their quest to get to the Fireflies. So what do you think of this? uh, Very interesting episode.
1: Mm. Yeah, this... uh... This episode was a huge risk, um, I think, because you're only the third episode into the series and you basically are stalling the episode uh, or stalling the progression of the series um, for just this story about these two side characters that um, seemingly aren't that important. Um, but, you know, obviously, there, it. At, once we get to the end, we find out there's a reason I, you know, they, it does somewhat progress the story a little bit. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting choice, but I fucking love this episode. I really did. Um, I thought Nick Offerman was just, was fantastic. I love Nick Offerman anyway, you know, Ron Swanson, just, just great, like fantastic. So just seeing him in a, a role you wouldn't expect him in as, you know, a sort of uh, closeted a uh, gay man who you know finally kind of finds the love of his life, and this you know progression, you know, because he's like when he fir- first starts, he's like he seems like this fucking like really just like you know, for lack of a better word, sort of like a uh, you know Trumper almost, you know. I don't know, like fucking like I need my guns and like all this like crazy shit, you know. Not like I, you know, I'm not trying to get political. I got no problems with anyone's political stances, but he just seems like one of those just like h- hardcore conservatives um you know and then you end up getting this absolutely you know beautiful love story um between i honestly and man i did not know where this was going to go at first um when he traps that guy i thought for sure like he was going to fucking betray him sort of and was just kind of playing on playing him and was going to end up murdering him but we end up getting this like really uh beautiful love story between these two characters and i i mean it it gets like pretty emotional like you know um I found it amazing that they were able to build these char- these two characters and create this story in pretty much under an hour. Um, it was It was really impressive. I thought it was like a master class in storytelling. Um, and it was it was different. you know, uh, it was it was a massive risk, no doubt about it. but uh, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: So this was a massive risk for a lot of reasons. One, like you said, it's so early in the series. To have kind of a, you know, a whole backstory that, like you say, isn't really moving the the story much, but it does a little bit, but more, more so. And this is where I started to see the brilliance of the, the Last of Us TV show. So all of this is not in the game. Uh, it is in journals. It's in, like, things that you find in Bill's house. They're, like, clues to things like this having happened. But it's like an entire backstory that they made off one small part of one level in the game, and I thought that's brilliant. This is where people who have played the game get something, you know, additional that we you wouldn't get uh, outside of a TV show. And I really, really love this episode. Nick Offerman, like you said, I mean Ron Swanson is like the fucking legend, um, and the the love. I was so into this love story. And how fucking tragic the end is, but yet, like also beautiful at the same time. Uh, it was it was a tough episode to watch, but great, so good this episode. I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, amazing. Like an amazing episode. And of course, you get Ellie and Joel kind of come in later. They're, you know, they're both passed by that point, and he left a letter with supplies and everything. I thought it was such a touching story. I, I love this episode, but it was a huge huge risk and it's going to alienate some people you know we know certain types of people will not like this and probably stop watching after this uh, and fuck them you know like because trust me with what comes Mm -hmm. next they are not going to like it (laughs) so uh it was probably good that they dropped off at this point but i i love this episode i thought it was yeah
1: yeah and it's like one of the it's a second lowest rated episode of the season which is of course just shows like the hate of like the people who are just the hate in this world it's it's ridiculous it's one of the best episodes of the season in my opinion so
0: i can only imagine what the hate most hated one it's probably the other one that deals with the same.
1: exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you get you got it right all right all right
0: uh going on to episode four please hold my hand after abandoning their truck in kansas city joel and ellie attempt to escape without drawing the attention of the vindictive rebel leader so here um you know this is more of um i guess human episode you know and there are a lot more human things going on in this episode they're on their quest still so trying to get to the fireflies they get to this city and they notice that there's this group essentially running this city and they're trying to uh get away from them as they're trying to go uh continue on their mission so what are your thoughts on this one
1: uh yeah i mean i i actually i like this one quite a bit um you know it wasn't maybe the the best of you know this the series but uh you know this is a solid one it you know kind of moves um the story you know joel and ellie heading um in the car and stuff you got some great moments there with them kind of building their relationship i believe this is the episode she's reading the pun books and they find and to them and stuff like that so that was all fun and then there's you know once they get into the city there and the fucking they start coming under fire and stuff like that was really good really action-packed am i this is the right episode right
0: i'm talking about uh, here. well the big fights <laughs> next episode, but okay uh, yeah
1: okay so yeah i mean so there uh yeah so I, I like that um you know you start I, I you get um melanie linsky who is the leader of what the what's the name of their group i don't remember <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> all right well whatever uh, you get melanie linsky who is like the leader of this sort of uh like rebel group that's kind of uh rogue um and yeah i mean i i don't know this one like i'm kind of struggling to remember everything that happens in it then because i thought it was the episode where the the clickers end up coming but i is that that's the next episode where they break through the the street
0: uh this one is more about joel and ellie kind of uh getting to know each other and they start noticing the other group and you also see what the other group's all about you know kind of introducing almost kind of this villainous uh, group that are killing off their own people that's uh, right just yep. being kind of assholes and you know it's it's run by like this woman who's just does not care about anyone and yeah it's it's kind of like a establishment establishing episode four What's
1: okay that? yeah and i think they they meet up uh with the uh with the brother i think it is with his so the, that that brother?
0: that's, so yeah, the end yeah. of the, ep- of this episode, At the very end? Yeah. they're, they're reading, like they're reading the books and everything and they fall asleep and then they get woken up by the two, okay. uh, the two brothers. And that's the end. Of okay.
1: This. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So the, okay. So this episode is mainly about the sort of, we see the, a lot of stuff with the rebels. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, this one was, was okay. This one was probably definitely one of the weakest for me. Um, and I was concerned we were going to spend a lot of time, with the rebels and I'm glad we, we don't. Cause you know, I do really like Melanie Linsky as an actress, but um, you know, her character's okay in this, but uh, I just, I just wasn't loving uh, this whole sort of like rebel group. Cause once again, like I, I just hate when they like, they harp on um, groups like that for long periods of time. Cause then I feel like it just gets into walking dead territory where it's very much the same thing, but um, the show does a good job of kind of really moving stuff along.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, this is probably my least favorite episode, I'd say. Yeah. Um, for kind of the same reasons is, you know, we just had a whole episode, even though as brilliant as it was, that doesn't really advance the story all that much. And I feel this this episode kind of does the same thing, right? Yes, you get Joel and Ellie moving forward, but then you spend a lot of time introducing this group, what they're about, what they're up to. And I just like, we'd just seen an episode without Joel and Ellie, basically, or very little of them. So I want to get more of them as opposed to other people. Uh, So it's like a necessary episode to set up the next one, but it definitely wasn't one of my favorites uh, at all. Uh, But that does bring us to the next episode, which is a very good episode. So this one is called uh, Endure and Survive. So while attempting to evade the rebels, Joel and Ellie cross paths with the most wanted man in Kansas. That's Henry. uh, And Kathleen continues her hunt. So in this one, of course, you get you introduced to uh, Henry and his brother. And they're also kind of evading this group. So they kind of help each other out, and which leads to a huge confrontation with uh, the rebels at a house. And then finally, also a bunch of clickers and this gigantic monster that uh, comes out from under the ground. So, what were your reactions to this one?
1: Oh, I so this. Um episode started like just okay you know i mean i did like the relationship between henry uh and sam and uh, you know there's a great scene where you know they 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 kind of go up to the top of a skyscraper and kind of plan their whole escape route and then they end up in while trying to escape they end up in this sort of uh daycare where ellie and sam can just be kids again for just a little bit you know playing with you know like i think stalker reading like books and stuff like that so like there's they're building uh that sort of relationship there and then there's some good stuff with with joel and henry sort of kind of talking about you know the sacrifices you know they they've made and stuff like that uh yeah and then we yeah and that's kind of like you know it's like okay stuff but then it just gets fucking it like pops off when they're getting ready to escape and they end up uh coming under fire by a guy who's kind of like just like protecting his house or whatever like that and uh they get into that house sort of uh i think they kill him right i believe the dude in the house yeah like joel's able to get in there and kill him and then you know the rebels end up coming and then just all hell breaks loose the fucking floor opens up uh, underneath and the fucking clickers and the this big bloater dude comes out and just causing havoc um, a lot of great action in there, a lot of great, a lot of like pretty vicious kills from what I remember as well. Pretty violent. Um, and yeah, like uh, you know, there's uh moments where you think maybe uh Sam and Henry and Ellie are uh in trouble where Joel is in the house, uh, you know, popping off. Uh and then I- I'll wait until the very end of this episode. Um, because I think that's when we get into um the sort of uh stuff where we find out uh henry has been bitten correct that's in this episode
0: uh, sam has been bitten and- sam i'm sorry sam has been bitten yes all right yeah.
1: I'll, I'll 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 save my thoughts then and i'll let you talk about everything else in this episode
0: yeah i, I really love this episode uh you know it was high action i liked that sam and henry were very like kind of alternate versions of uh, uh joel and ellie you know just uh, very like sticking to each other and i like the relationship between those four characters that's all really interesting i like the look of this episode you know uh just fighting the rebels and you get like like you said it's very reminiscent of the walking dead getting this this big group of like bad people but you get through it really quick you know one episode you're introducing them next episode you're killing all of them off Mm -hmm. uh with this really crazy fight at the end uh with all the clickers and you got, you know, the the big monster at the end and which I forget the name of it. It's going to bother me later. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a thrilling episode. Really enjoyed it. I love the portrayal of both Henry and Sam. They were fantastic. Of course, I knew what was coming. So I knew, <laughs> I knew this would not end well uh, and it doesn't. So what'd you feel about the end of this episode with uh, Sam getting bit and then Henry doing what he does?
1: Yeah, um, I, the big monster I think is called the bloater. I think I read that. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, do they ever mention like? Do they ever say actual clickers in I this think show, or is once it or twice. do they? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, it was heartbreaking, man. Like you know, when you find out that Henry is Henry, right? Am I saying yeah? Henry's bit. No, Sam. Sam's Sam, bit. sorry. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna confuse that. Ah, uh, so yeah, it's heartbreaking when you find out. Uh, you know, Sam is bit, and then you know he tells Ellie, and Ellie's like, you know, I have. I have blood that might help, you know, and you're kind of hopeful that, you know, Hey, maybe like she's gonna, you know, they're going to put their blood together and the next day he's going to be fine. And we're going to find out, you know, this Ellie is really is like the fucking savior. But unfortunately that does not happen. Uh, You know, we Ellie wakes up the next day and, you know, Sam is rabid and, you know, unfortunately, and Henry, his, his brother is forced to, to kill him. And it's, it, I mean, it's heartbreaking. And then Henry, you know, realizing that he just killed his brother ends up turning the gun on himself and killing himself. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's heartbreaking. Um, and then just, you know, the episode ends with Ellie kind of putting a message of, I'm, I'm sorry on Sam's grave. I mean, it's, oof it really hits you it really hit you in the feels there for sure um this is one of i think for sure like between all the action and then just the emotion this is uh, once again and definitely one of the the better episodes of the whole season
0: yeah at this point like you're starting to realize don't fucking get attached to anyone because to kill Tess in episode two they kill bill and his boyfriend in episode three they kill henry and sam in episode five and all you know in very kind of unique and tough ways to watch so uh, it's amazing how and maybe i don't know maybe it's because i like played with them in the game so it's different but how attached i was to henry and sam within the span of one episode did you feel the same way having not have that experience
1: no uh, no, know a hundred percent once again like especially just like you know with um with sam being deaf am i confusing these characters again i'm so sorry everyone. <laughs> no okay but no it's sam, hey, sam like, yeah. Sam being deaf with Sam, with Sam being deaf and like, you know, them kind of communicating with each other and stuff. I mean, that was like really kind of pulled at your heartstrings already. Um, and then, yeah, like you, you definitely can, I mean, this show just does an amazing job of being able to, to really get you attached to a character in, you know, an episode it, it's really is just amazing, fantastic writing. Um, but yeah, I was attached to them and I was so sad when they uh, both end up dying at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, and that brings us to episode six called Kin. After ignoring the advice of locals, Joel and Ellie descend deeper into dangerous territory in search of the fireflies, the fireflies and Tommy. So this is the episode where uh, Joel and Ellie meet up with Tommy in, uh, it's Wyoming, I believe, uh, in the mountains, and they have that big kind of reunion. Uh, kind of a slower paced episode compared to the ones we've had previously. It's more about setting up what Tommy has been up to uh, his new girlfriend and all that stuff like that. So this is more of like uh, this is what's coming rather than something big happening within this episode. So what do you think of this episode?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it, you know, it was good. It was, you know, cool to see uh, Tommy and Joel, you know, finally reunite after all those years, you felt kind of like, you know, the emotion there, how they missed each other. And I, 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 actually really you know i I always say i don't like like when they stay in these one locations but i i found it this um city that they built to be super intriguing and interesting like the way they kind of built a city where it wasn't like really shitty (laughs) um and like actually seemed like a place you would want to live like you know in a situation like this where i've always talked about like who wants to live in such a fucking like shitty world but like I could live in a place like that, I think. And it wouldn't be so bad, you know, like it kind of felt like like normal life. And it was interesting to see how they kind of had all this kind of built up. And then, you know, and then, you know, the stuff with, you know, Tommy and uh, jo- there's good stuff here with um, Joel and Ellie there where Joel is kind of going to pawn her off to Tommy sort of and kind of abandon her. And you know him, her, her, and Ellie. Uh, him and Ellie have like a a good moment there, where Ellie's kind of like, you know, what the fuck, like, why are you abandoning me? And then, you know, Joel kind of has a, a change of heart um, towards the end of the episode. But yeah, I mean, it's not like super action packed episode, like you said, or anything like that. But I, I overall
0: enjoyed it. Yeah, it's nice also that they finally show that there are good people out there too. You know, because sure. all the sure. groups that usually people. You know get into are bad and want something bad and that's kind of the case for most groups that they meet in this show uh, this group looks like they're going to be bad at first but when they bring him back and of course he knows Tommy uh, they have a reunion and everything's cool so you get the reluctance of people you know of course there's so many bad people out there that want bad things that it's good to have uh, you know a group that isn't more accepting of things and uh, this, you know, town comes into play more uh, in season two. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. I do like the backdrop of the mountains in the back and everything like that. Uh, obviously, that's like the, the Rockies and Alberta, which is really nice. And yeah, it, it was a good episode. You know, it's one that established Joel and Ellie's relationship even more. Uh, like you said, he still doesn't feel like he's equipped to deal with Ellie, even though he has that rapport with her um and it's not until the end that he realizes that you know no he is the person that needs to do this and go with ellie on her journey Then he gets shot at the end of the episode uh which was you know surprising i'm sure to people who didn't know the game i don't know if that's something that surprised you especially it's like it's shot he's shot like in the stomach so it could have been fatal i guess did you at any time think that joel might kick the bucket at this episode
1: no, I didn't. Like, and even Sam was like, oh my God, is he going to die? I was like, there's no fucking way they're going to kill Joel off like this early into the series. Like, I just never, I, I never even had an inkling. I'm like, he's going to make it. But I mean, obviously they've killed off other characters, but I'm just like, man, they're not going to bring Pedro Pascal like in and kill him off. I mean, I know, Game of Thrones has done it, but I just was never, I didn't feel that they would, uh, they would kill off Joel even like not doing the video games or anything. I just feel
0: like he was too pivotal of a character to lose him this early. Do you think they'll ever kill off Joel or or Ellie for that matter? Or do you think this story is really about kind of those two characters? Well,
1: I could see Joel, um, potentially dying just cause I, especially after, I mean, we'll get into it, but especially after the season finale, seeing how much of a kind of a wild card he, <laughs> he can be and kind of a savage, uh, Yeah, I had some different thoughts about Joel after that finale. We'll get into it, but uh, yeah, I would think Joel, like I think the story at the end of the day is about Ellie, you know what I mean, mainly. So I could see them potentially killing off Joel rather than Ellie.
0: Right. And speaking of a story about Ellie, that brings us to the next episode called Left Behind. This is another story that goes kind of backwards into Ellie's backstory. So as Joel's fighting to survive, Ellie looks back on the night that changed everything, where this is where that she's kind of about how she got bit in the first place. And it goes into Riley, which is her best friend. They go to a mall together. They kind of have fun at the mall. And then, uh, you know, clickers start coming after them, and they both get bit by the clickers. And then uh, it kind of, the episode kind of ends with her deciding that she needs to help Joel because she needs to help her friend. So how do you feel about yet another Uh, backstory episode and just for the record this one was part of the game kind of it was downloadable content um that they had basically adapted here so this is something you could have played but it wasn't part of the main story
1: yeah um so this like felt sort of like another i guess risk episode sort of kind of like where they kind of veering off the main storyline kind of like episode three and i mean but you got you have ellie in here but it's like uh, a flashback um to her and uh her sort of best friend slash someone she sort of had a you know uh intimate feelings for um this episode was so was okay to me um it it, it did not have to me the same impact as sort of like episode three did um and that's mainly because like i felt like they just spent way too much time in the mall um you know and you know the mall was cool for a little bit but like do we really need to see all like whatever it was five wonders of the mall like we fucking kept going i was like okay like can we just kind of like do something different here um i like that they went to the halloween shop i mean that was probably my favorite part. Um, <laughs> And that was cool. And then when the clicker finally comes, but I mean, to me, it was just kind of like, you got a little bit of Ellie's backstory, but not much. Um, You know, it, it was, it was okay. Like I didn't hate myself, like hate watching it or anything like that, but I found it, it kind of went on a little too long. I found myself bored in certain moments. It it was, it was probably one of my least favorite episodes of, of the season.
0: Yeah, I really liked this episode, but I do agree that it's not placed in the best, blank like, spot, because the episode really establishes Ellie's character a lot more, but by this point we've gotten to know Ellie pretty well, so it was kind of unnecessary to show kind of her backstory at this point, you know, I think it should have been maybe earlier in the season, but because we had that Bill episode... Do you want two kind of backstory episodes so closely to the beginning of this series? So they kind of put themselves kind of in an awkward position here where there was no good place to put this story. Uh, now, I mean, I thought it was a good story. You know, it, we we knew through a few hints during the season that Ellie um, was, was a lesbian. And this kind of just, you know, you kind of figure out that this is where, I guess, it bloomed with Riley and everything like that um but yeah i i'd like i liked the episode i just thought it was there was no good place to put this episode at this point you know there's a reason this was dlc and not part of the main story right it slows down again the the story so joel gets shot and we have to wait you know another week to really find out what happens with joel that's when you're when you're binging something that's fine but when you have to wait week to week to watch it it's just it sucks it's such a played out um trope that a lot of shows do where something really huge happens but you don't find out fucking 2 3 episodes later it's all because they go through on these tangents for a few episodes and i just don't like that trope at all i think you should deal with kind of the issue at hand uh but for if i'm just looking at it from an episode itself not where it's placed in the series i thought it was a good episode like yeah not a ton happens you know they do spend a lot of time just playing at the arcade you know okay Mortal Kombat 2 cool and then you know the merry-go-round in the halloween store like they're going to the good places at the mall so i'll give them that you know they they, they got a good taste in their shopping but yeah I, I agree it's it's kind of a weirdly placed episode
1: yeah I and mean, i would agree with you that like as a one-off like it is a good episode but if i'm like breaking down an entire season i just find like it's probably the most forgettable i guess of the episodes or something like i you could just skip it and like, you're not really not going to miss much.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, so that brings us to the uh, penultimate episode. So the second to last episode. This one's called We Are In Need. Ellie cross paths with a vengeful group of survivors and draws the attention of its leader. Uh, weakened Joel faces a new threat. So in this one, Ellie is trying to help Joel now. So she uh, shoots a deer and she meets two other people as she's going to pick up the deer. And these You know, these people say they have medicine, so they kind of make a deal, you know, the deer or part of the deer for the medicine. And then she eventually, you know, gets into confrontation with these people. She gets locked up. Turns out that they're cannibals and a lot worse things that really are gross. And uh, Joel, meanwhile, he's, you know, kind of suffering. Uh, He did get penicillin because of the deal, but now he's faced a deal with some of the people going after him as well and uh you know this is a one and out group they come in they're out (laughs) within the episode so there was a lot going on for an hour's worth of television it was almost like a movie like you went through an entire storyline throughout this one episode so what did you think of this one
1: i thought this was without a doubt the best episode in my opinion of the entire season i fucking loved this episode um there was really like never a dull moment you know you have Joel like seemingly on death's door at the beginning of this episode you know he's got like a super bad infection ellie has to go off on her own um you know and you feel kind of the the vulner vulner vulnerability i can't fucking speak right now you can feel uh you know uh her you know just kind of vulnerable state and you know then she meets up with you know these couple guys and seemingly he seems like a good guy you know like if you know he seems like he, he could be like a good character he ends up being one of the most fucking fucked up and depraved probably characters of the entire season um that we met and holy shit like this episode fucking just goes balls to the wall just absolute crazy shit happening um in here uh i <sighs> there's a lot to really get into. You can really sink your teeth into a lot of this episode. Um, But I mean, like when Ellie gets there, I mean, it seems like, you know, okay. Like he's, they're going to bring Joel to medicine and shit like that. And then they fucking end up getting Ellie. And, you know, you find out essentially they're, they're this leader who, you know, seemed like a guy is, you know, they're fucking basically cannibals. They're, Which, you know, I think is, you know, she calls him a sick fuck and stuff like that. And yeah, it's a, it's a fucked up thing to do, but man, like when you're in that situation, like I'm trying to look at from his perspective, like you are the leader of like 50 people and you're either going to starve to death or you're going to have to eat these dead, the dead. Right. And I, I would do the same. Like, I, I can't blame the fucking guy for doing it as fucked up as it is um what's fucked up though is that we find out he's a fucking essentially a pedophile where he essentially wants to take ellie as his wife and yeah i mean i mean that on top of him being a cannibal it makes it really fucked up um but man that that fucking end sequence with ellie finally you know looking like she might get raped at one point and then fighting him off and fucking just essentially just fucking going to town on this dude with a hatchet or i think it was um man there's just some like really cool shots in there with the fire and you know joel you think joel's gonna come to save the day but it's ellie that has to save herself and just seeing ellie so kind of broken at the end of this episode and it really is you know the just the the moment that you know you really feel that emotional connection it was like building up the whole season between ellie and joel but this is finally like the episode where they you know embrace deeply and you know joel calls her kind of baby girl like it's you know he's kind of like the new daughter um for him and stuff so yeah i mean this is just a really just crazy ass episode but also like deep emotional and i mean usually they say the penultimate episodes are the best and it is very true for this uh this one
0: god this episode had so much in it like it's crazy how much this episode (laughs) had um yeah you're right it's just i mean the problem with uh, the preacher uh is that he's killing people to eat them right he's not just people aren't just dying is,
1: it, it, is he though or are they because like i didn't he know if because, he was like
0: actually killing people okay yeah because they if it's infected he won't touch them right that was part of it, ellie okay says she's infected and they're all like oh no we can't you know <laughs> essentially uh, we can't okay. eat her now so yeah uh I, he's killing people and that's okay. where kind of the well, then that's fucked. Yeah, all right. Then that's uh, the problem. <laughs> but it's funny, like, isn't that bad enough that he's a cannibal killing people? Did they really need to add that little like extra little thing, you know, or not little thing, but big thing, uh, just to make you even grosser? I don't know, maybe a little unnecessary. Uh it's funny when I watched uh, what the, the fourth Rambo it was the same thing, like. The, the main guy kills the whole village. He's like destroying people, but they also make him a pedophile. Like it wasn't needed. You know? We knew he was a bad guy. It's just extra. Um, yeah. And it's, it's crazy to see Ellie like broken really for the first time. Uh, you know, she's dealt with a lot at this point, but this is really the one that man, this world is just not good, you know, and there are a lot of bad people in it and they keep meeting these really bad people on, on this, uh, journey. Uh, of course, it's based off a video game, and you're killing people in a video game, so you have to have that people everywhere, right? That's kind of the way it has to be with a, with a video game. But yeah, this episode was a lot, and it was very, very good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, in kind of a sick way. Um, mm-hmm. So that brings us to our finale. Um, Look for the light. A pregnant Anna placed her trust in a lifelong friend. Later, Joel, Ellie, near the end of their journey, so they go to salt lake city uh they meet some giraffes which is a one of my moments i was talking about before when i think of the last of us i think of that scene at the baseball field where they meet the giraffes and then ellie is brought to the fireflies where uh she you know is actually going to be killed to dissect her so that they can have maybe a cure and that when joel finds that out he's like wait a minute that's that's not what i thought this was about and he realizes that maybe. The fireflies are not what he expected them to be, I guess, uh, not necessarily bad people. They have good intentions, but it wasn't the way he thought it would go down. Uh, and he just, you know, he gets kicked out essentially of the hospital, but he he's having none of it. So he kills everyone <laughs> like brutally without mercy kills everybody that go- that's in his way between him and Ellie and essentially saves her, which leads to a final confrontation. Um, you know, in the basement and he fucking just kills her too with brutally and lies to Ellie about it because she's passed out at this point. And also interesting a note for people who love the video games. So the first scene you see uh, Ellie being born and the woman who plays uh, the mother is who plays Ellie in the video game. And a lot of people, even the people I was watching the the show with were like, wow, they did a good job of making you know ellie looked like the mom i'm like yeah which is shows just how good the casting for ellie was they look so similar you know in real life so uh, i thought that was cool casting to have her there so this was a hell of an episode i thought just emotional brutal and it makes you feel like wow i wonder what joel is going to do next you know because you see a whole different side of joel you haven't seen in this whole series
1: Yeah, and also uh, video game Joel was in episode nine as well, uh, which we didn't mention. They actually
0: all make, or most of them make an appearance at some point in the series, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's a small role or a bigger role like this one. It's it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. For anyone that has HBO Max, like at the end of every episode, there's like a behind the episode thing which is like really cool and interesting and they where they do like interviews and kind of get with the writers and directors and stuff so definitely stick around and watch that it's really really good but yeah oh i mean this episode was was really good once again like fucking went pretty balls to the wall um my only complaint was i felt like they could have stretched this into two episodes um i felt like it was a bit rushed Um, but I mean, and my, I mean, my main complaint, with shows is, is that they sometimes carry on stuff a little too long, but I think this one, um, they probably could have stretched this, you know, into a 10 episode season rather than nine. I think they really could have, um, you know, you know, kind of built up the tension a little more for when Joel was ready to just go fucking absolute ham on everyone. Um, but man, yeah, it was, I'm conflicted. Um, with Joel now like yeah I understand you know and it's I'm obviously that's exactly what the show wants or the video game wanted is for you to be conflicted with this scene um, you know on one hand obviously he's been with Ellie all this time um, and it's tough like you know obviously it's like his daughter like you know he's looking back at his daughter and he lost her he's not going to lose Ellie but at the other time like you are basically fucking humanity maybe potentially i mean we don't know we don't know for sure that this doctor can really you know create the cure but isn't it worth the risk and and trying you know and it's an interesting choice um and would ellie have wanted it would ellie have sacrificed her life um you know in order to save humanity and would you do that would you sacrifice your life i think i would personally i mean i you know i think i would potentially do it um you know but he took that choice away from ellie and you know ellie i think would not want that choice taking away from her we know she's a very strong person a very strong character um and obviously she knows she knows that he's lying right at the end of this episode you know she she's kind of giving him the out to be tell her the truth and you know you could see in her eyes that she knows he's lying but at the same time she has a lot of love for him too i think so she's kind of like all right like let's see where this is going to go next i suppose um but yeah i mean it's (laughs) to see joel in such a savage just like he just has no regard for human life or anything here it's kind of scary um and that's why i said earlier like i think if anyone's gonna die it's probably gonna be joel because he can be a fucking wild card and clearly he shows it here
0: Yeah, it is an interesting way to take the character, I thought, and it does make you interested for season two, because if this had been a clean, kind of just another bad group, you know, after Ellie, uh, it would have been just like, okay, like, whatever, you know, where they go from here, but having that kind of mystery to them uh, was very good, and I I really liked this episode, Um, but you're right, it, it went fast, like that, the entire hospital killing scene is basically like a montage that lasts like three minutes, you know? Uh, and that could have been almost an episode to itself just as he meets different people in the hospital and he has no mercy at all like at one point when he gets the to the emergency room the doctor is like he says something and he's just like nope kills him then says okay you you, the nurses have to give me what i want it's it's fucking brutal and i like that ellie kind of knows but she wants it she wants i think to believe him right that's the whole point she She wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. She wants to believe that what he's saying is true. But I think you're right. She does not. And she does give him the benefit of the doubt, but she's going to have that throughout her, you know, her her head for the next, wherever the story takes us in season two. Um, Yeah. So I thought this was a great, a very effective final episode, but like you said, I think it was maybe a little too quick uh, of things. So, so what do you think of the series overall?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I obviously didn't know what to expect. I didn't watch the video games or anything, so I just kind of went into this. I thought my concern was is that it was going to be it was going to follow The Walking Dead like extremely closely. And the first couple episodes kind of were giving me those vibes, but it did its own thing and it did it well. I wish we got more clickers. That would be my biggest uh, complaint is that we barely got any clickers in this entire season. Like they were very few and far between um which you know maybe would have become a more like walking dead scenario where like you're getting too many walkers so maybe it was a good thing but i would have liked to see them a little more i felt like they were more of a threat um but overall i thought it was fantastic um just i loved pretty much every episode um and even the weaker episodes were still pretty enjoyable so um are we rating it
0: yeah absolutely
1: okay yeah um yeah i i i can't wait for season two um just fantastic acting bella ramsey and pedro pascal just just absolute amazing performances but great performances by everybody really like you know even all the side characters just great stuff great writing um just uh, yeah fantastic show i'm giving it a nine out of ten i i really loved it
0: yeah so 4.5 out of five
1: yeah oh sorry yeah i forgot we're doing these new ratings yeah yeah four 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 and a half out of five
0: yeah uh, i feel the same way uh, and i felt the same way about the video game i thought one of my only complaints was that there weren't enough clickers uh they do the human stuff uh too often and eventually at some point you're just meeting group after group after group and it's not as interesting because you kind of lose that feeling of fear for the clickers because they go, th- go through these cities and these locations and there are no clickers so like, it doesn't feel as dangerous of the world as The Walking Dead, for example, which is one of the best things about The Walking Dead is that the second that they left their compound, there are always zombies out there. You know, they're always in danger. You can never rest and they can come out of anywhere. And that's one of the things I liked about that series where this, I didn't get that feeling. Is more of a human story than a, you know, kind of monster story, but still amazing series. Uh, I do think that maybe they went too fast. Um, they cover a lot of, like, it's almost a location per episode you know it's only that one double episode where you know the henry and that kind of group that they do two episodes with whereas everything else is just you're in boston you're in kansas city you're in wyoming you're you know it's just like going place to place to place to place and maybe it would have been better to have like a 12 episode and slow down a little bit maybe show some of the other locations that they go to in the game that they didn't um yeah but overall i i loved it and i agree with you i'm also at a 4.5 out of five. Great, great show.
1: Awesome. So I got to ask you, as someone who's played the games and Mm -hmm. the sequels and stuff, I mean, where do we go from here? Is this going to be like a few seasons and done? Or do you think they'll go past the video games and kind of
0: create their own story? So there's only two games, right? Um, Right. Season one is the first. The first game, okay. Uh, So my understanding is that they're going to make season two into two games. Uh, sorry, two, season two into two uh, two seasons. After okay. that, though, you get that kind of um, Game of Thrones issue, right? Right. Where there is going to be a Last of Us 3, but is it going to be out in time for new TV shows? So they might right. have to go in their own direction. Well, I don't know how. It depends how Neil Druckmann, the guy who created the series, uh, is he telling him, like, this is what's going to happen. But then again, you don't want to ruin the game. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna have to at some point figure things out because this isn't a long term plan at this point, right? Right. Um, I have a feeling they're just gonna go into their own thing after season yeah. three, and just it's gonna be different, right? You're gonna play. There's gonna be the path that the show takes and the path the video games take. Uh, that's right. just the way it is. It's like Game of Thrones essentially. Uh, but if we ever get those books, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Never.
1: Yeah. No, nah, I mean, R. Martin's done, man. He's he's made all the millions off the show. He's like, I ain't writing a book anymore. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. So, so what would you say is definitively your favorite episode and your least favorite episode?
1: Yeah, so definitively, I would I would think I would give it to episode nine, or sorry, episode eight, the penultimate episode, uh, when we are in need, as definitely the best episode. I just, I, I just really fucking love that episode there's not n- nothing really bad about it um and then yeah I think I would give episode seven left behind um as my my least favorite like we said a good episode but just one that I think wasn't as good as all the others
0: right and so my favorite I think would be a two-way tie between the penultimate episode uh just because of how like crazy there is in there but also the the bill up so long, long time because mm-hmm. man, I really fell for that episode. I just, yeah, I fell on a whole different level, you know, and my least favorite episode is actually the first part of that, um, uh, the one with Henry, you know, like the one where Henry isn't in really uh, sure. it just, yeah, it, it felt too generic, you know, compared to everything else that we had seen at that point. So that would probably be my least favorite episode of the series, but I mean, that's still a really good, really good show. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our breakdown of the last of us season one. Maybe we'll carry on to season two when it comes out. We'll see. We'll let you know. But in the meantime, you can follow us on any of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the horror squad podcast, uh, you can email us anytime, the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. And the absolute best way, of course, is our Discord. All you got to do is just send us a DM on any of our socials, and we will send you a link to join that Discord. Completely free to join. Amazing community. So please join us over on our Discord. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Scream 6, the highly anticipated follow-up of the Scream franchise. So go check it out. It's currently in theaters. And yeah, Texas Frame your Weekend coming up in May. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of us there. So come and join in on that fun. And yeah, I think that is about it. So we'll see you guys next week for Scream 6. See ya. Bye.
0: Put that back. That's not for kids. How do you even walk around with that thing? Please get rid of it. are your horses. I want to see what all the fuss is about. Why are all these pages stuck together?
1: Uh...